This is the Tribune Audio Network. We never seen nothing. I never seen anything that was taken in for evidence. When they returned that, we didn't get any of that. We didn't see nothing. It's been 10 years since authorities released any new information about the Short family murder and abduction case. Carolyn Short says family members have always pushed for more. Wanting to know what hard evidence investigators have and why her brother, his wife, and their daughter were targeted. I'm Fox 8's Tess Bargeber, and this is Who Killed Jennifer Short? I was able to take their concerns straight to the FBI. We met with the special agent in charge of the case at a field office in Virginia, for safety reasons, he asked that we mask his identity. Why is there so much that you can't share? Why does it have to be that way that there has to be a withholding of information? What about that is so helpful as far as the investigative side? So the case is still active, right? And we, if I could, I would like to work nothing but this case divulging certain things at certain times, you know, that's part of the investigation. And we don't, we can't, you know, we just can't comment on, on what we've done in the investigation because it could affect it from the criminal He tells me at least five special agents have taken over the case since the abduction and murders happened nearly two decades ago. Every time there's a change in leadership, agents have to re-familiarize themselves with the case and meet with other investigators in Virginia and North Carolina, which takes time. But he did explain that there is a benefit to having fresh eyes on the case. You have younger investigators that are motivated and they give it attention and it provides a little fresh perspective, like newer ideas, technologies change, new investigators change. Even as investigators change, they haven't announced any new leads since two sketches were released in 2009. A drawing of a flatbed truck said to be near the home in the early hours the day of the murder, and a man with a weathered complexion wearing a hat believed to be inside. Those sketches were released so many years after. Was there a reason that they weren't brought up sooner? Did we not know? Or was there a reason to withhold those? That is an appropriate, that's a great question, but I can't go into detail on that. There's a specific reason why that we released it at that point in time. And I can't go into detail why that sketch, those sketches were released at that point in time, right? I just, I can't. The agent wouldn't say if they got new information that prompted them to release the photos or if new witnesses had come forward. Nearly 20 years after the crime, I asked what new technology they plan to use to try and solve the case. 
Well, aside from this particular case, the FBI is renowned, and I think a lot of people know, you know, there's a lot of things that we kind of, we get involved in, and we look at and all the different techniques that we have and that we use. I'm not going to divulge those techniques, but I'll just say that they're advanced, and, and we, we rely on our, both our state and locals as well to help us with different techniques and different approaches with investigations. Year after year, the Sheriff's Office and FBI call for anyone with information to come forward. But when I asked specifically what it is they need to know, the agent didn't pinpoint anything beyond the family's travel plans. Well, just, you know, there, you know, something to the effect of what was, if anybody, anybody who knew them in a the community and knew of their, their comings and goings, in other words, their travelings around the area, specifically during that time frame. Hopefully they'll go back. Our interview with the FBI lasted nearly an hour, and that time I asked the agent and a spokesperson sitting in what they could answer. I can't really get into details. I can't speak to that. Unfortunately, I can't comment on the investigative techniques. They told us because the case is still open and unsolved, there's just not much they were able to say, and I can see why the family is frustrated. I think I understand why they have to be the way that they have to be about things. They can't tell us everything that we want to know. It's just what can they tell us that could spark some new memories and what could be helpful in all of us. It really makes you think everybody says that this is going to get solved or they hope it gets solved. But when you don't know what they have, you really can't get a sense of how close they are. The Henry County Sheriff's Office says they do want to be forthcoming with what they know, but there's a line to what can be released. In the beginnings, there were people that tried to falsely confess. Periodically throughout the years now, there are people that will try to accuse someone, and because of what they've learned in the media, they've learned just about enough that we have to go in and listen to them, and then it, ta it can take weeks and months. Uh, most of the time, we can be suspicious of it going in, but um, we have to actually disprove what they say, which actually slows down the case. We had people that come in that tried to uh, use it to get out of charges and things. Unfortunately, this case has had its abuse because um, people would call and then we have to do a lot of legwork to disprove what they're saying. The more information that's out there, the more this case gets abused. So that's one of the reasons we he says they still get tips and actively investigate leads, but it's not easy as time goes on. There was someone that called in, and they actually provided more information that we had never had before about a potential issue that could have been between Michael and someone just right across into the Franklin County line. What is hurting is when this information comes in so many years later, that it's to the point that we couldn't go back and backtrack it. There was a community event that did take place at that time, but now it's been gone for years and a number of the people have either moved on. 
the only change in approach in the investigation came in 2015. The Henry County Sheriff's Office started asking Jennifer's classmates and friends to come forward. There are people that were in classes with her. She played in a little league, uh, softball league and things like that. Uh, she did play sports. And people that may have been around her that she may have confided in or said something to, or they may have made their own observations. It may have been a conversation uh, young people had with their parents, someone that may have been around uh, some of these events that people were suspicious of. And we've actually, in after making this plea that we would like to hear from that generation of anything that may have taken place, I have had a couple parents contact me and said, yes, my son or daughter was in a class with her and we remember because when that happened, once again, the shockwave was horrific for everyone. It shook their sense of security. There's a picture of her smiling with her parents and like that's what I see when I you know, when I think of her, is that picture, but I can only imagine. You'll remember Caitlin Lane, a classmate of Jennifer's we found flipping through the last yearbook Jennifer was in at Figsboro Elementary. She says they were close, but she's never remembered anything unusual leading up to the summer of 2002. Deputies wanted to know if anybody had been watching Jennifer, wondering if she may have been the target of the crime, something Caitlin says she just can't imagine. Jennifer, she was quiet, but at the same time, she's like, the, she's a really sweet girl. Um, so I just like, you know, anytime I think about Jennifer, it's just like a sweet, happy, you know, kind person. Caitlin is raising a daughter of her own now. Her toddler, Kinley, eats french fries and climbs all over the booth as we talk. And she's all over the place into everything she can get into. She says what happened to Jennifer has always stayed with her as an adult. I've just become a little more cautious of like my surroundings and stuff, a little more wary. I would be lucky for Kinley to grow up and to raise her the way Jennifer, Jennifer's parents raised her and like for her to be the person that she was. Um, you know, if I get anywhere close to raising her that way, I would be very blessed. Because the sheriff's office, state police, and FBI have never released a motive for the crime or released any new leads, family and friends are left in the dark. I can't imagine why something would happen, something like that would happen to people like that. I just want closure for the family. I'd love justice in this case, because I'm still worried about the whoever did this. was They were just evil, and that person is still out there. And I'm afraid that something like this may happen again to someone else. I don't want to be the one that feels like I let somebody down. So I really would like to see this case get solved. On episode six of Who Killed Jennifer Short. It touches my heart 
to know that there's people out there that still thinks about it, still keeps it going, and they don't give up. The lasting impact this case has had on an entire community and the yearly tribute to Jennifer and her family. We know the FBI is still actively pursuing leads in this case. If you have any information investigators need to know, you're asked to call the tip line at 1-800-225-5324. Please subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends. A five-star rating helps get the word out, and maybe someone out there has the one clue to solve the case. Who Killed Jennifer Short was written and reported by me, Tess Bargeber, edited and produced by Sam Walter. Our executive producer is Kevin Daniels. This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.